Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Donna Smith. Donna, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me, Amy. It's fantastic to be here. And where is here for you? Nottingham in the East Midlands. Very nice. Lovely part of the world. So tell me, what is it you're doing at the moment, Donna? Well, today I'm coming out of having a really lovely, relaxing morning. I've been away Monday and Tuesday with the business, had two very full, intense days of delivery, got back late last night. So This morning, I've been really counting my blessings that I'm my own boss. (laughs) I get to decide, take the morning off to refresh and recharge before you dive into the next thing. So so we've got this at the perfect time because I feel very nice, very chill and very refreshed. So that's what I've been up to today. Brilliant. And when you're talking about intense delivery, what is it you've been delivering? Well, part of my business model is that I do associate work for a company called Professional Training UK Limited, and they run courses for lawyers by lawyers, and I'm a former lawyer myself, so a few times a month I'll go and deliver some training for them. So yesterday I was down in Bournemouth at a law firm delivering sessions on time management, which is a topic that has been around for years and will be around four years, I have no doubt. So yes, it was a brilliant, brilliant two days with three groups of fantastic junior associates. And why do you think we need help with time management? Oh, because we're all so bad at managing it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the irony, Amy, does not escape me. You know, here I am talking to these young associates at the start of their legal career about managing their time, procrastination, prioritizing. And I chuckle to myself because, yes, I'm better at it than I've ever been. And yet there are still times when I get to the end of the week and I look at my to-do list and my calendar and think, what happened? So um, I just think it's one of those things when it works well, it works really well. But then we get into bad habits and we need a refresher and a reminder. So, yeah. Well, we all know that life happens. That's what happens. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. So tell me more. You, you're delivering training. You are your own boss. Tell me more about having been a former lawyer and why you're doing the work you're doing now. Well, I was one of those people who decided at a very young age I wanted to be a lawyer. I was around 10 years old. And given that my daughter is turning 10 in a couple of months' time, Now I look at her and go, how did I even think I knew what I wanted to be when I was 10? But I did. I wanted to be a lawyer. So I literally went through school, college, university with that blinkered mindset of I'm going to be a lawyer. And I became a lawyer. I qualified. I I did it. I succeeded. And then proceeded to question 
what do I do now? You know, for all of my educational life and my early adult life, I'd had that goal and I'd achieved it. And I'd never once thought, what am I going to do after that? What's what's my purpose, if you like? Once I become a lawyer, what, 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 what next? And I didn't have an answer, I'll be completely honest. So I practiced law for around five years. At the time, it felt like it wasn't a good fit for me. I did feel like a square peg in a round hole for many reasons. And so I left and requalified into the HR profession. And the reason being, I wanted to be a lawyer because I wanted to make a difference. I joined the HR profession because that's all about the people. So it's like, I want to make a difference for people. And I worked my way up the HR ladder, met my now husband. We decided we want to start a family. And it was during those years that I just thought, I'm still, I'm still not waking up in the morning with a yay. What's on the agenda today? There were a lot of mornings where I woke up in the morning thinking, oh my gosh, I know what's on the agenda today. And so I kept going. I then moved into a more specialist role in HR and became a consultant. So I started to specialize in leadership development, management development, training, coaching, all those really lovely things. And when I had my daughter, I was doing a lot of traveling. You know, like the the two days I just mentioned this week, they are few and far between. Back then I was away a lot of times, up and down the length and breadth of the country. And at that point I was like, this isn't what I signed up for as a parent. It's not what I signed up for as a wife. I really love the coaching side of what I do. Surely there's got to be a way to do this where I can do that and be with my family. And that's when I decided to become my own boss and set up my own business. So I've been in business five and a half years now. And I've gone full circle. So I'm now in my own business, but I've gone back to being a coach for lawyers. And I help lawyers to take their well-being and development as seriously as they take the law. And it's interesting you you said that you had this blinkered mindset. Blinkered sounds to me a little bit negative. It's not like a focused mindset. If you said focused mindset, I'd be like, okay, great. You know, you really but blinkered seems like you were shutting everything else out. As I look back, Amy, I absolutely did. I really did. And and you know, yes, I'd like to say I was very focused, very tenacious, very determined, and I was all of those things. And at the same time, there was nothing and no one moving me off that path of becoming a lawyer. So that's why, you know, I was very blinking. like, I don't care what you say, what you think, what's just happened. I'm doing this. And so I did. And I wonder what it was about the lawyer role or or profession that as a 10-year-old you identified with? I what there was something that I'd seen on TV, bizarrely. There was something we were watching and it was it was a in a courtroom and the lawyer was standing up at front of the court talking about a particular case. And the I forget what it is. I mean it's it's years ago now but it just blew my mind that this lawyer could talk about a case in such a way that impacted the outcome of the trial that was going on. And I just thought it was magnificent. 
And I thought, I want to do that. I want to be the one that stands up in the courtroom and makes makes a difference that's going to, you know, impact hundreds of people. The irony is, when I then trained to be a lawyer, standing up in a courtroom was not my thing. I did not like litigation at all, so I never got my moment in court. But, yeah, I think it was just, you know, that eight, ten-year-old seeing a lawyer and thinking, that's an incredible role to have, to, to have that responsibility and to be able to make a difference. It was just, it was fascinating. So essentially the desire that you had, that magnificent feeling that you you recognised of standing up in front of people and sharing knowledge, information and impacting them and their lives, that's what you're doing now. As soon as you just said, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is what I do now. Yes. And I'd not even made that connection until that moment, Amy. Yes, that is what I do now. Absolutely. Yeah. So you you knew that as what you wanted to achieve, but and you saw that as being the legal profession was going to give you that answer. But actually, now we know that there are other ways that you can make a difference with people. And now you know that and you've recognized that. And that's the thing, isn't it? That sometimes you think that there's only one route and, and that's the route, but you'd recognize that as a feeling, you know, that was what was it at your core that um, maybe a sense of justice came in as well, you know, the right and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting for the underdog. Yeah. So how do you fight for the underdog in today's world? My... My biggest passion in what I do is for the junior lawyers of today's world. So I'm on a mission, quite simply, to make what I call burn bright the norm in the legal profession. We hear a lot about burnout in all sectors. I'm not saying it's just, just legal profession specific. However, it is rife in the legal profession, right as early on as law students, you know, students who are studying the legal practice legal practice course, the bar vocational skills course, they are already coming into the profession with burnout. So they're the people I want to take a stand for. They're the underdogs. And, you know, I, I use that word loosely. I don't mean they're underdogs, but they're the ones that are coming into this profession with big dreams, big ambitions, big hopes, and they're already coming in overwhelmed, stressed, desperate to make an impact, desperate to prove their worth with no, no solid guidance on how to make sure they protect their best asset, which is themselves. So, I mean, I work, I work with lawyers of, of all levels. My passion is the junior lawyers though, because I just think if I can help them start their legal career with that mindset of, if I take care of myself and my well-being and my development as a number one priority, there's no limit to what I can achieve. And that could have a massive impact on the legal profession. Huge, positive impact. The way I see it, Donna, is that you've taken on board this need for people to, to have this assistance. But there's a catch-22. Because if they're going in a world where it's the norm and is expected and it is expected that you are overworked and that, you know, stress is actually a bit of a badge of honour, yeah. you're coming in from the bottom up. How is it being dealt with from the top down approach as well? Much better than it ever has been. You know, there have been some huge leaps forward in the legal profession. You know, there's the Mindful Business Charter, there's law care. 
there's the O-shaped lawyer, there's, you know, law firms themselves have got brilliant well-being initiatives, law societies, junior lawyers divisions, you know, well-being is on the agenda firmly. And if I think back to when I was a junior lawyer, well-being wasn't even discussed. You know, what you did in your own time to take care of you was nobody's business at the law firm. And, and, I, and I don't mean that harshly, that just wasn't a thing back then. You know, even coaching and mentoring, it wasn't a thing back then. It was just beginning. But nowadays, from the top, law firms and the partners in charge of law firms are recognising that well-being isn't just a nice to have or something you talk about over the water cooler. It is essential. And the junior lawyers of today, they are not expecting it, but they're looking for it. They're looking for how their employers are going to help them with their well-being. So it's much better than it ever has been. We've got some ways to go, but we're getting there. And I can feel this ripple effect that will go across other professions because the legal profession obviously has impacts with all different industries. And so if they are championing it and they are seeing it as a an essential as, as opposed to a nice to have, then that is going to have incredible knock-on effects with other areas as well so brilliant you know bravo to you to to be championing this where does the purpose piece come in for me i when i reflected on this my first thoughts amy was that all i have i have a professional purpose and i have a, a personal purpose and from a professional perspective it, it is that you know my purpose is to to fight for the junior lawyers to make their experience as they come into the legal profession one that both enables them to thrive and succeed and go as far as they want to and be well in themselves to both enjoy it and still be around in five to ten years time rather than quitting with burnout so that was the purpose from a professional point of view to to demonstrate to junior lawyers what is possible you know be an example of what is possible and that's what I do you know I talk to them about the burn bright program how I've recovered from burnout and what you know what you can achieve when you prioritize yourself and your well-being and when I considered my purpose outside of the business and and quite simply my husband and my daughter are my purpose and I thought well what does that actually mean and I realized well for them, it's still for me to be an example of what is possible. You know, my husband and I, we both went to the same school. We went to the same senior school. Uh, we both come from working class backgrounds. Our, our Both sets of parents did everything they could to give us what they could. And it was amazing. And I wanted when we when we got together and we had Erin, it was like, well, what can we achieve? What can we do for our daughter? and be an example to her of what is possible. So that's really my purpose. Whichever way I turn and I look at what is my purpose, it's to be an example of what is possible, whether that's for the junior lawyers or whether it's for my husband and my daughter and create a life that, you know, well, who knows what, maybe one that we've never even dreamed of. And being an example of what is possible, that's a, an ever-evolving always piece. Yes. Yes, absolutely. When when I started my business five and a half years ago, I'd qualified as a coach. And, you know, with coaching, it's, you know, you hear people say you don't have to be a specialist in anything to be a coach. You can coach anyone on anything. And, and yes, that's that's true. For me, 
it was important to be able to connect with the people I worked with, for them to sort of be able to single me out and go, okay, I've got five coaches that I've found on the internet that actually it's Donna I'm going to work with because she coaches on what I need. And so to be an example of what is possible at the start, it was to be an example of how you recover from burnout. And then it's gone on to be to be an example of how you avoid burnout happening to you again. And then it's gone on to be to be an example of how you spot the ways in which you get in your own way, which leads to burnout. And, and so I, you know, I, I when people ask me about myself, I say I'm on a forever journey of this. I'm literally three or four steps along the journey from the people who I work with. And everything I coach and train on is linked to everything I've overcome myself. And I find that helps me to be me. It helps me to connect with the people I want to work with. And it helps me on my mission to make Burn Bright the norm. So it's the most simplest way I've worked ever. And yet you have to get to this point in, in midlife to be able to do this. So I'm even though you had your your purpose defined in some respect early on as as the journey has gone on i love that a forever journey and it is you know it is a forever journey for for the rest of your life living that you are evolving what that means to be an example of what is possible have you got dreams of what you'd like to achieve Oh man, how long have we got? Yes, I have dreams. I I do have dreams. My 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 personal dream being completely honest and transparent is to have financial freedom which means my husband can leave his job. That is a that is one of my key goals at the moment to create a life for us where he can take the time to decide what does he want to do you know he's he has supported myself and my daughter ever since we first got together he's had unshakable belief in me in this business and let me tell you Amy this five and a half years there have been some rocky moments and never has he said "Mm, do you maybe think you ought to go back and get a job never he's literally been like okay well that didn't work what are we going to do next? So for me to give him that freedom to go, we're covered. What do you want to do with your life? Rather than thinking, well, I need to earn the money to pay the mortgage and all of that. So, so that's so that's my personal goal. And then on the professional side of things, it's quite simply to put the Burn Bright program on the map in the legal profession. Uh, the Burn Bright program is the, the system that I use to help my clients move away from burnout, to recover from burnout and learn the tools and techniques to avoid it happening in the future. I've been running it for several years now with great success. But when you think there's there's over 140,000 lawyers in the UK alone, and I've probably worked with a few hundred of those. So, so my my goal in my business is that the Burn Bright program becomes a, this is part of what you do as a junior lawyer. You know, yet let, yes, you learn about criminal law and tort law and contract law and employment law, and you do the Burn Bright program. That's my goal. Wow, it sounds incredible. And again, 
what will happen as a result of is you know unfathomable it'd be incredible to see an entire profession that let's say I mean let's have this dream of being able to eliminate burnout in a profession my goodness that would be incredible well exactly and I mean if you think about it as you know everyday people will need a lawyer at some point in their life whether it's to buy a house sell a house write a will deal with a property dispute buy a business you know majority of us will need a lawyer at some point and I don't know about you but I would rather have a lawyer who takes care of themselves prioritizes their well-being and development so they're showing up for my case my file refresh re-energize focus ready to go rather than a lawyer who is working 12 14 16 hour days five days a week and weekends and they pick my file up and go I can't even think straight what am I supposed to be doing on this I know which one I choose yeah, it's a fair point and it's really key. You mentioned about the the different areas that you work on about how to recover from burnout, how to avoid it from happening again and how to spot it by not getting in your own way. I just wondered what, what you meant about that sort of area of self-sabotage in this respect. Yeah, so it, it really is. It's it's a mindset piece in a, in a nutshell. And again, I know that's another topic that gets talked about a lot nowadays. But for me, the, the self-sabotage that I see a lot with my clients are first, there's the mindset around balance and the whole work-life balance. And yet we're saying yes to everything and no to what we need so you know that there isn't any balance we're, we're always we're always on we're always saying yes there's then the piece around the boundaries we're not setting the boundaries around what's important to us what we need and whether that's for example today I could have very easily got back late last night and come straight into the office this morning thinking I've just had two days out of the business I need to check my emails and it's like no my boundary is I'm no good at any of that if I don't have a rest and a recharge. So it's that mindset shift around putting boundaries around what is important to you, taking time out, doing the fun things, doing the hobbies. But again, there's that mindset shift of, well, that's me being selfish. That's me ignoring those around me that need me. Who, who am I to put me first? So it's a mindset shift. And then on top of that, it, well, I say on top of that, actually, underpinning all of that, really, are the, the limiting beliefs we have. You know, well, I, I've got to put others first. I need to check my emails because if I don't, people won't think I'm a team player. If I don't get that response back today, people think I'm unreliable. If I don't finish that report tonight, people think I can't cope versus actually I'm good enough. I'm good at what I do. And I'm good at what I do because I take care of myself. So for me, the self-sabotaging is the, the lack of balance, the lack of boundaries and the lack of positive self-belief. I hear you, Donna. Honestly, it's it's a journey that I have also experienced and, and so recognise this. And it is about taking responsibility for your own self because no one else is going to. No. Absolutely not. And it's funny, Amy, in one of the, um, I run a series of masterclasses, like bite-sized masterclasses about burn bright, about imposter syndrome and about self-sabotage. And in each one of them, I, I make a statement that 
believe it or not, whether you burn out or burn bright, it's a personal choice. And I'll be honest, it, it ruffles a few feathers. And I can say it with such conviction because when I had my burnout, I did go through a phase as well. I've burnt out because my boss at the time was putting too much work on me. I burnt out because, you know, my family were expecting too much. And it, then you look back and go, but where was your balance? Where were your boundaries? And actually, what were you believing about yourself that made you think you had to do what they said and not go, hang on, this is too much? So I, when I say it's a personal choice, it's because that's what I've been through and realised, damn, <laughs> I actually got myself there. But it is, it, you, it's about taking ownership and responsibility. And if you want to thrive, if you want to be at the top of your list, only you can put you there, nobody else. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it's, it's, Music to my ears, Donna, honestly, <laughs> because I understand that the work you're doing is going to have, is having and will continue to have incredible knock-on ripple effects. We spoke about that earlier, but you've taken a stand for what you believe. And some people complain about what's happening, but they don't actually do something about it. Whereas you've, you've reflected on something and now you're taking action. What else is it that you stand for in, in life? I think you've literally summed it up in a nutshell. It's that if, if, if you're not happy about something, do something about it. And I think one of the things that really drives me, Amy, is this idea of self-belief. I see so many people not taking action because they don't believe in themselves. And if I think back to my journey, you know, if you think, lawyer, HR professional, consultant, coach, business owner. Every time I came to the crossroads of this isn't working, what am I going to do about it? There needed to be a big heap of self-belief that goes, well, I know I don't want to do that. I don't know if that's going to work, but I'm going to try it anyway, because if I stay doing this, I know where that's going to take me. You know, so I'd rather try something new, try something different, take that leap of faith and see where it goes. And there's been times when I've really tapped into that self-belief, that 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 value of I've got to believe in myself, where friends and family have said, but what if that doesn't work? And my response has always, always been, well, then I'll figure out that at that time and I'll take another step and see where that takes me. And you know, so when I look back on my life, I think there's been times, I'll be honest, there have been times when I've thought, can I not stick to anything? <laughs> you know, am I ever going to stay put and settle down? But I realise it's that journey of if you're not happy with, you know, whether it's a work situation, a health situation, a relationship situation, and you can do something about it, then please do it and believe in yourself enough to do it. And it's interesting, you said about tapping into that value and then having other people's sort of, let's call them the naysayers. Yeah. You mentioned friends and family, but sometimes they believe that they are saying things for the for the best. And yet, it, and what it, and they're saying, what is it? What if it's not going to work? You mentioned that your husband's been incredibly supportive and, and helped you to see the, the next steps at every stage. But it comes down to those that tapping into the value and that self-belief. What other values do you have? Aside from the self-belief and betting on myself, the the 
the other two that I feel come up regularly is I'm reluctant to say authenticity because again it's it's heard a lot so the way I describe it is that the value of being me and being real so so I'm a um I'm a very emotional person so it doesn't take much to get my eyes leaking <laughs> whether that's something funny something sad something poignant my eyes tend to leak a lot and in the past, I've really tried to hide that emotional side of me. You know, I used to get called sensitive a lot. And in particular, you're too sensitive. You take things you, you take things too personally. You're too sensitive. And I used to really try and hide that away. Over the years, and again, you know, it's this forever journey. The more I'm me, the real me, the one who cries just because you've told me some wonderful news and I think it's amazing or the one who cries because something sad's happened to you it's of no no relevance to me but I'm going to cry with you anyway the more I'm me the more I work with people who need me it, it, it's like being me being authentic being real has turned me into a magnet for people who I want to be a hero to you know the, the underdogs I want to support the more I show the real me, the more those people find me. So that, that would be one. And then the other one, and we've kind of touched on this already, is alignment and trusting my instinct. So if I think back to the years when I practiced law, I was good at it. And I got repeat clients and clients you know, giving feedback to the firms that I work for. And yet something felt out of alignment and I could never put my finger on it because, well, I was good at what I did. I was, you know, being headhunted. The clients came back time and time again. So what, you know, I was earning good money. You know, from that side of the I had lived a great life. Something was out of alignment. So I quit and tried something else. I, I followed the instinct. Same with HR. There were more things in alignment, but again, there was still that 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 rub, that getting up in the morning going, I'm still not there. Trust my instinct. Try something else. So, so for me, being in alignment, that is a strong value for me. And, and over the years, it's been at my peril when I've not listened to my instinct. <laughs> and then in a few months time, I'm ah, <laughs> that misalignment thing, the instinct that was said, I sh really should have followed that. Yeah. And it's interesting because you, you said, you know, will I ever stay put and settle down? Yeah. Is that even a thing anymore? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's the other, you know, I was, I was reflecting this morning on, on the, the joys of being your own boss. And there, it's, it's not easy, is it, running your own business? There are, there are ups and there are downs, but there are so many ups. And one of them is it's like, OK, I work for myself. I can work for myself wherever I want to. You know, currently we're based in Nottingham. We don't have to stay in Nottingham. We we could we could move to France. We could move wherever. So yeah, I um I doubt I'll stay put. There'll there'll be a move of some description, whether that's you know a different focus with the business. Although even as I'm saying that, my instinct has just gone. No, that's not the next move. It's probably a physical move. <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? When you actually say it out loud, when you articulate something, it, yeah. you you get a feeling you, and you know, oh, 
Yes. Yeah. Where, where did you feel that just then? Oh, just like all around, like my solar plexus. It was like, no, no, we're, we are nowhere near done on the burn bright journey yet. That's not changing. So maybe once I've got the burn bright boot camp on the map and it's fully embedded into the legal profession, maybe then I'll consider something else. Yeah, I love it. Donna, it's been so brilliant. And just talking about this has really excited me because it just reminds me just how special understanding why you're doing what you're doing, understanding why purpose is a really great way to drive your work. Because when you understand what that reason from the core is, then it becomes so easy. And as you say, it's, you can wake up in the morning and go, yay, because it, you understand who it's going to affect. You understand how you're serving others. And that fulfillment piece, it, it just happens. So w- well done in some respects. And, and thank you in other respects. <laughs> thank you on behalf of the legal profession. I'm saying thank you because, as you say, I will be affected at some point down the line. I, I am in property. So, yes, I do need lawyers quite a lot. So I'm very grateful that hopefully they will pick up my cases with, with joy <laughs> <laughs> and energy. Yes. So Donna, how could people get in contact with you? There are two main ways that they can get in touch with me. The The first way would be to my website, which is odenartacoaching.com. You can find information on there about the Burn Bright program, the boot camp, and a little bit about me if you want to find out more about me. And the second way is via LinkedIn. If you look for Donna E. Smith, the Burn Bright coach for lawyers, you can find me on LinkedIn. Magic. Well, they'll both go in the show notes so that people can access those. Donna, thank you. It has been a privilege having you on Focus on Why. It really has been a joy. Have you got some final words, please, for the listener? Yes, quite simply. Remember, it's time to burn bright, not out. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.